0: hello and welcome back to the podcast i post episodes twice a week on tuesdays and thursdays on pretty much anything i like so welcome today's episode is for my folks i know you listen to the podcast and are my biggest cheerleaders i appreciate you so much it's also partly inspired by a story told by ugandan author jennifer Nansubuga makumbi referenced in my episode about Ugandans doing absolute bits in the UK. Jennifer recounts a conversation she once had with a white British boss years ago, in which he expressed surprise that Ugandans were waking up early to work in their gardens and elsewhere, because people in Britain were told that Africans don't work but sit around waiting for aid. He then encouraged her to write, to tell a different story about Africa to the world. This sentiment is echoed in the famously viral TED talk by Nigerian author, Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, on the danger of the single story. About how showing a people as one thing, as one thing only, over and over again, makes them that one thing in the collective conscience, becomes how they're defined. She goes on to say stories matter and many stories matter. Stories have been used to dispossess and to malign but stories can also be used to empower and to humanize. Stories can break the dignity of a people but stories can also be used to repair that dignity. End quote. We have to tell our own stories or the world will tell them for us. The stories of who we are what values we hold dear, and of where we are going. Now more than ever, each of us has the opportunity to tell our own story. And this is the story of what my parents gave me, a woman whose ancestors left the plains of Central Africa through Rwanda and eventually settled in the hills of Kigezi, and who was born and raised in Kampala. I got my siblings to help me out because sometimes memory can be a fecal thing and I was keen to capture as many of these memories as I could. My deepest gratitude goes to them. I was raised as a daddy's girl and like many little girls, my dad could do no wrong. (laughs) Cue the rolling of mother's eyes everywhere. As the baby of the family, I basked in this position for years. But eventually grew up moved away from home and my position as the favorite was usurped by my sister for unclear reasons (laughs) regardless here are a few things that my father gave me the first is a love for reading and storytelling for as long as i can remember in the three homes that we lived in as i grew up We always had a small library, or at least a library-like room, perhaps a few shelves in the dining or living room. This was usually Dad's domain, with shelves full of books of all kinds, which makes sense as he himself is a published author. I have memories of us all sitting around him as he told us stories, sometimes about his childhood or perhaps a Chiga legend or myth, how we enjoyed these quiet evenings. Dad also taught us discipline and gave us a work ethic. I grew up watching him get up early each day to head to work. His career in management was varied and accomplished and he took great pride in his work. And I, in turn, was always proud to see him recognized and of the many educational achievements that he continued to collect well into his career. He taught us about integrity and the virtues of living simply. For all the jobs he was privileged to hold over the years, he could have raised us as spoiled brats, but we lived simply, attended public schools, and went to our ancestral home for our holidays. Dad also taught us punctuality by rewarding the first person to get to the car with the honor of riding shotgun, a privilege which we fought over like rabid wolves. And when our firstborn grew older and started dating, Dad would wait up for her until 9 p.m. And only when she had entered the house did he finally go to bed. Once, when she was only a few minutes late, he received her with the gentle reprimand, Hello, Nightwalker. <laughs> and she was never late again. Contrary to the common practice of the day, Dad never beat us or hit us to discipline us. But when he was disappointed, he would scowl or frown, and my goodness, that was just as bad as 20 canes, if not worse. He was quite strict about maintaining an orderly household, performing a weekly inspection of our rooms to ensure we kept them tidy and rewarded the owner of the cleanest room. A good academic report also got rewarded, and we enjoy memories of dad taking us to bimbo ice cream after church or to Nile Hotel for chicken in a basket on a Sunday afternoon, and most excitingly, on a quiet afternoon at home, when he would suddenly call out, who wants to go for a ride? Or swimming? Ah, those were the days. That was among the first examples of men being feminists in action that I saw. He took it for granted that we were all capable, boys and girls. I have one brother, and though I suppose he has a certain status as the only son in our patriarchal tradition, this wasn't loaded over us or harped on in any significant way. Every decision I made that took me out of my comfort zone, Dad always encouraged me to consider the pros and cons, make an evaluation, and make a judgement. Once he had provided guidance, he trusted us all, boys and girls, to make the best decisions for ourselves. When we became teenagers, dad wrote each of us a letter, sharing his guidance and wisdom in great detail on topical issues like studies, work, money, and relationships. He also introduced us to the practice of meditation, but unfortunately, we never kept it up, which is a shame given its well-known benefits. He was way ahead of the game in this. When we reached the age of 18, there was no mm ming or eyeing about the girls learning to drive. He promptly arranged for us to take driving lessons with the expectation that we would soon be cutting ourselves around town, not waiting for a driver or dad or mom or anyone else to do it. My father also gave me a connection to my history, to my ancestors. He shared stories of growing up in a world that looked very different to mine when children woke up early to graze cattle or work in gardens before heading off to school. He detailed our family tree listing off the names of our recent ancestors. Dad, I ask that you write it all down so that we too may pass this knowledge on to our children. Dad also maintained a tradition of regularly meeting up with close relatives and friends when we would organize picnics or trips to the beach with about seven other families, with whom we now share some wonderful childhood memories and have also built long life, lifelong relation, uh, friendships. We have many moms and dads who look, who look out for us. Now, how to describe mom? <laughs> I feel like I should compose a ballad. Mom is a dreamer with the resilience of a 20-year-old. She will be 100 years old and learning a new life skill or planning her next adventure, new hobby or business. She taught us through her example, the importance of a work ethic. My older sister started working at the shop that mom ran for many years at an early age and learned to set up displays, attend to customers, write receipts and bank money. Whereas dad was a corporate bigwig, Mom was a hustler, streetwise, and knew all the ins and outs of the Kampala Central Business District. And because we often spent our after-school hours with her before heading home, we became familiar with these streets, the ins and outs of retail and wholesale business, and the public transport system. Mom has always had a side hustle, from clothes, to candy, to luggage, to to crafts, everything under the sun, Mom has done it all. Today, having a side hustle is on everyone's agenda. She's also one of the funniest people that I know, with the fullest laugh of anyone I can think of. I'm putting her on blast a bit because to all our cousins and family friends, she is very much the demure and quiet aunt. (laughs) Meanwhile, she has 101 stories, each one funnier than the last, and she can't abide boredom. Once a topic ceases to interest her, she will move on swiftly from it and leave you wondering where you went wrong. My favorite sound in the world is hearing her laugh in the morning from all the way across the house. She can also be described as team no stress. Mom doesn't stress about anything except the occasional conspiracy theory. (laughs) But while parents worried about their teens... Mom always knew that we would turn out okay and she maintained the energy to match this worldview. She was our place of comfort. We crawled into bed with her whether or not we were ill and she would massage us and tell us stories to pass a quiet evening. She also developed a brief obsession with the Nintendo game Brick Breaker and for a few months we all ceased to exist for her. I mentioned that my dad is a big reader, but the same goes for mom. She would wander into my room and criticize some of my reading selection for glorifying witchcraft or death. She especially disliked my Lord of the Rings and Stephen King collections. And then the next thing I know, she'd be reading my books and telling me how much she enjoyed them. We share a mutual love for and horror at the novel, What is the What? The autobiography of Valentino Achak Deng based on the life of a Sudanese child refugee who immigrated to the United States under the Lost Boys of Sudan program. I highly recommend this book. My mother also gave me a connection to my ancestors as we were fortunate to have my maternal grandparents for a long time. My maternal ancestral home in the cold hills of Kigezi and the days we spent there are some of the highlights of my childhood my grandmother hustling us out of bed to hot baths outdoors before enjoying a lovingly prepared breakfast. We would then be hustled out of the house to help with fetching water and other chores before heading off on some adventure with our cousins. One of my favorite memories is sitting with my grandfather as he told us stories about the meaning of colors. I remember that it was the first time I had that yellow represented cowardice and for some reason, that has always stayed with me. Now, that's not to say my parents were angels. I remember one day returning home from the salon with a fresh hairdo and my mother looking at me and saying, with no malice and without skipping a beat, if you can wear a hairstyle like that, what will a girl in the village wear? <laughs> we shade of it all. I have never recovered. What are some of the things that you learned from your parents? I am beyond blessed to have had mine, but if anyone is listening that can't relate to my experience, I hope you have had people in your life who have been all these things and more to you. And if not, may you live a life that allows you to be this foundation for your descendants, be it your children, nieces, nephews, or wider community. When you reach the evening of your life and pass on to eternity, may you be one of the ancestors whose life echoes throughout time. That's my hope for us all. Thanks for listening. Give us a like and subscribe to the channel if you enjoyed this episode and follow me on Twitter at SKentaro to continue the conversation. I hope you'll be back for the next one. Goodbye for now.